Welcome back to another scary, scary edition to ghost stories told from the south. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and I got some skilly, skilly stuff for you today, boys and girls. So strap in, get ready, and listen, if you dare, my friends, because I'm going to scare you. All right, I'll quit being a dork. How is everybody crack-lagging out there? I'm doing all right. This is the host of the show, Stephen LaBooth, man. How's everybody's week doing? Mine's been doing great. Uh, can't wait. It's officially August, guys, so you know what that means. Last month of summer, baby. So, got any summertime plans you got to do? Get that shit done. <clears throat> I'm excited because it means cooler weather and Halloween's around the corner. My favorite time of the year, Halloween, Halloween, and a spooky time. Well, I got some good stuff for you today. For the next couple episodes, I'm going to be going over. Sorry if I'm yelling. I don't mean to. Next couple ep- episodes, I'm going to be going over Washington, Montana, and Canada. going to be going over, uh, what town is it in Canada? Manitoba or Manitoba. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, doing cities from around there. So, yeah. Ah, sorry, got to scratch my ear. My ear, not my rear. But I got some good stuff for you today. So strap in, guys. Go get yourself some hot coffee. Go get it a blanket. Snuggle up by the fire. Because it's time for Stephen LaBooth to do his thing. I'm going to scare the pants off of you tonight. All right, our first story. All right, our first story is the Bear Creek Campgrounds. I should have done this. All right. Bear Canyon Campgrounds are a very busy tourist place. It's hard to imagine it's haunted like crazy. According to the uh, local uh, paranormal society, it says it's uh, very haunted. The area's history goes back to the late 1800s. The canyon was a booming. <coughs> the canyon was booming because of the sawmill in Cooper, or the Cooper sawmill. It became very popular when night. When in 1941 it was turned to a ski area. Many people have seen a little girl who attempts to lead them off into the uh, off the trail into the woods. She seems to uh, be drawn to women. The women who have dared to follow her end up in be, end up being in the middle of the woods, and they dis and the little girl disappears. So she gets you off the trail, and she's like. Oh, guess what? I'm going to haunt you now and disappear. Where was I? Uh, deep in the woods, disappears. And there's also reports of a, stra- of a strange uh, mist that's on the road uh, in the park. The local paranormal team uh, says the... Uh, says they always experience stuff when they do some uh, investigating. They have reported their names being called by a little girl. 
smelled cigarette smoke, even though nobody in the group smoked. Uh, then one of the investigators got a call, and it was staticky and weird because when you're down there around the cemetery, you cannot get no reception. But he did. He got a strange call. And there's also been sightings of a Bigfoot in the canyon. So if you're ever up there in Big uh, Big Canyon Can the Big Canyon Campgrounds, I believe it's Montana. Well, you just gotta watch out for that stinky old Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Our next fun story. Our next story is the Camp Bell House in Spokane, Washington. The Camp Bell House was built in 1898 by uh, architect Kirkland Cutler for the uh, Amaza B. Campbell and his wife Grace. He made his money in the mining industry. There was a story that three of the Campbell kids were murdered in the house in the early 1900s by an intruder. Then the fourth kid got kidnapped and was never seen again. But some say it's not true. They have one daughter that is legitimately her da their daughter. And uh, she's li she lived to have a, a very successful, uh, very good life. Very, she lived very old. Grace passed away in 1924. Helen gave the uh, house to the Eastern Washington Histor Historical Society in memory of her mother. The hauntings in the house are uh, that the pic there's a picture when you walk in of Mrs. Campbell, Mrs. Uh, Campbell the uh, woman Grace. They say her eyes follows anybody who comes in, in and out of the house. Then there's sightings of children playing in the rooms and noises all the time. So here's what I say. If they're saying that the noise, if they're saying that the rumors of the kids dying in the house and they had, sorry about that banging, they had three kids. Well, if that was the case, if that wasn't true, then why are there kids' spirits in the house? Yeah. Think about that. Let that put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's what I call BS on. I think there's something more to the story. But who knows? We will never know. All right. I'm going to do one more story and we're going to take a little break after that. All right. Next, we're going to talk about the Fort. Where's my notes? Okay, the Fort Gray Hotel in Manitoba, Canada. In case you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> the history of the place is <clears throat> this establishment was uh, constructed and opened its doors in, 19, in uh, December 11th of 1913 as a rural, railway hotel providing lodge for the uh, multiple people of uh, the busy uh, travelers and it was only the it was the only one oh it was it was and it was only one block away from the Union Station back then the tallest structure in the city when it was completed and it, 
It is actually 12 stories in height and holds 340 rooms for guests who visit the hotel. Each and every single mom was a, a room, each and every single room was constructed with a private bathroom. There was a that was a rarity during these times that this hotel was uh, constructed as most hotels had community bathrooms that guests had to share. That's kind of, I don't know about that. The hotel's earlier uh, prominence led it to have many famous guests, including uh, Nelson Eddy, Harry Belonfte, Charles Long Longton, Lawrence Oliver, and uh, Lebrance, Arthur... Fielder and Louis Armstrong and Cardi Howard, Lester Peter Pearson, as well as King George the I don't know my Roman numerals the tenth and Queen Elizabeth who played during their uh, nineteen thirty one visit who stayed there during their nineteen thirty one visit to Canada. Today the uh, Fort Gary Hotel, both a national historical site. And a working hotel. Here are the hauntings of the place. There have been many guests staying at the hotel over the years. And some of them have reported strange things like ghostly figures in the hallway. Rattling silverware. Spooky noises. And more... More uh, vague feeling of... uh, Presence. Okay. The dining room is uh, notorious for activity, with sounds that are heard from heard from outside locked doors with no one in this space. Other forks have heard the sounds of crying. Other folks, <laughs> other forks, what a dummy. Other folks have heard the sounds of crying, moaning, and whispers, and are not clear for uh, inter- interpretation. One of the most common types of hauntings that are said to occur involves apparitions appearing at the ends of the beds in which the guests stay. Reports of both male and a female apparition have been documented. It is believed that both of these spirits are from the early the earliest days of the hotel when several people were in and out of the uh, establishment. On a regular basis. So it's a pretty happening place. Need a need a condemnation of what room to uh, book when staying at this hotel. Many ghost haunting. Uh, many people seeking ghosts uh, claim room to, uh, 202 is the spot where the woman uh, committed suicide. After finding out her husband perished in the uh, in an automobile accident, overcome with grief, she uh, she hung herself in the closet. Huh. She has trapped, or she, she is trapped in this uh, room. They say, ghosts who have stayed, ghosts guests who have stayed in the room. 202 have reported that they have seen the apparition of a unworthy uh, woman appearing to be in a mournful state. 
This is a sign of wandering. Oh, and she is seen as wandering around. She does not appear to be uh, troublesome or frightening. She's in seeply uh, sadness, searching for something. Her lost soul might. All right, I got some other stuff I found. Let me see what it says. With over a hundred years of uh, history, the Fort Geary Hotel has played host to many guests. I ain't naming off all them guests again. And, of course, room 202 is the hot spot. There's been blood dripping from the walls, figures at the foot of the beds, and there's been apparitions walking down the halls to just some of the reports of the uh, hotel. The Fort Gary Hotel is infamous for its haunted room 202. Of course, where a woman committed suicide, and we know that. Okay, staff members have reported seeing blood dripping down the walls upon entering the room. And guests have witnessed the apparition of a woman in a cloak hovering at, hovering at the end of their bed. Yeah, I would shit my pants. I'd be gone. I'd be like, ghost. During a stay in room 202 in 2004, former Ontario Liber Liberal MP Brenda Ch Chamberton claimed she was awoken by the sensation of someone getting into the bed with her twice. A young boy on a trip with his family organized by Make-A-Wish, wanted to stay in the room, too, at, in 202. That's pretty cool they did that, mate for Make-A-Wish kid. He immediately went to get the key, and, and upon opening the door, he witnessed what looked like the figure of a man sitting at the uh, table. He quickly ran to get another staff member to show them what he'd seen, However, when they returned, the apparition was gone. Okay, we already know who built it and all that good stuff. Well, that was a good story. So, if you're in Canada and you want to find something scary, some scary place to stay at, go to Fort Gary Hotel in Mantabo and go to Room 202. You might get your ass scared, baby. All right, well, I'm going to take a drink, and then we're going to take a little commercial break. Sorry for the clicking around if I'm hitting the mic too much. But we will be right back. Break time. Well, how's everybody doing today? It's your good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a spine, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is it, some bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, babies. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. 
and we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around, and my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dickie, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, babies. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit... <coughs> Come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that commercial. Because our next story is the Grand Theater. For the cost of $20,000, its lovely stone building was built in 1901 as a uh, Unitarian church to also be used as a multi-use faculty for anything that needs to build up the uh, for better life. The church offered its uh, social... What the hell? A church? Oh, okay. Anyways, where was I at? Church offered its social rooms for community uses. Various sorts of gatherings for clubs, classes, social events, and etc. The original building was built... Okay. The uh, present building was built presenting a sloping uh, floor and, uh, oh, and a stage area. When a church member by the name of Clark Binknell Hudgen died in her uh, prime at the age of only 34, her friends and neighbors took up a collection to buy beautiful Tiffany uh, Widow, which they had donated to her uh, beloved uh, church family, who, of course... Installed the window in the uh, building. Assembled to their love for their friend. So that was a nice one. They got some money together and made like a, a whatever they call them glasses with the pictures in them. I can't think right now. In 1933, a terrible earthquake hit uh, Helena and nearly destroyed the Helena Public Library. This church was donated in memory of another woman, Ellen Dean, for the city to use in the uh, for the inter- for the library until they get a new one built. The Tiffany window was taken down and carefully put into storage at the Civic Center. 
and the building was renovated. The house floor was uh, leveled, and a monastery was added to make the use of the building as a library. In 1976, enterprise known as Brand- Boardwater Productions moved into the building and established the established the Grand Street Theater. When the Tiffany window was discovered soon afterwards, it was reinstalled in the building. Since 1976, the Grand Street Theater has been busy restoring the theater to its former beauty using money received from the uh, Hellas tax tax financing, financing funds. Additional funds, too, were raised. The first renovations were done in 1976. They required careful removal of false floors and uh, other stuff. Carpenters then restored the uh, restored the uh, tired seating in the balcony and built a second exit stairway. And there kind of tells about how what else they still did let's go to the juice of it okay here's some of the stuff that goes on there uh when the tiffany window which was put in the uh, to the memory of the woman that died was once again reinstalled in the building the following began to happen there the gentleman kind entity of car of clara or the gentle kind entity of clara moved into the building as a friendly uh as a friendly friendly presence felt by many visitors and uh workers and both children and adults her light steps are heard throughout the theater this entity likes to play with the ele- uh electrical appliances and lights which sometimes seem to have a mind of their own so that's pretty cool. Woman passed away there, and uh, they made a a nice little window for her, but they found it in storage, and they started getting haunted. That's how it happens. You go to do something good, and bam, in your face. And I believe that Grand Theater Theater was in Helen, Washington. Now, no, I'm sorry, Montana. Now, our next story. About our next story is the Black Diamond Cemetery in Washington. The Black Diamond Cemetery is located in Black Diamond, Washington. Once known for its coal mining, the cemetery was founded in 1884. It sits on Cemetery, cemetery Hill Road hidden by a row of trees. The only addition of its existence is a wooden sign eradicated by local, by local scouts. The earliest gravestone dates back to the 1880s and now contains over ooh, 1,100 graves. The tombstones show culture, diversity, and tragedy that existed in town when coal mining was at its peak. At least half a dozen uh, graves 
grave marks belonged to those of the mine workers who died in the explosion in uh, 1902, 1910, and 1915. I don't think I'd be going working on that fucking mine anymore. They don't really have a good damn track record. You know what I mean? I'd be pumping the brakes. Grave marker, grave mark residents who came from uh, countries such as Italy, Australia, Russia, and Germany. A Civil War vet was uh, laid to rest in the Black Diamond, as well as children who died in the early 1800s due to uh, smallpox and emphysema. Being a cemetery is not uh, usual. usual. The property has haunted title attached to it. Paranormal reports have been quite consistent with mm, excuse me excuse me again consistent even though possibility possibility of explanations cannot be determined. For all there are no records when the activity began. On foggy nights looking into the cemetery you can see swinging lights suspendedly Belong or supposedly belonging to a deceased coal miner. Some have heard whistling in the wind. There are also reports of a white horse seen trotting around the headstones. And in the Black Diamond rural area, or the Black Diamond is a rural area, and an actual horse may not. Uh, may have gotten loose, they say. But I don't believe that. All right, now. However, however, several local paranormal groups have investigated the cemetery. One group captured a mist on several photos. From what I can tell, Pudget Sound Ghost Hunters is the only one with rather detailed report of their investigation. In other words, this, these people are the only people that really uh, seem like they uh, got a lot of evidence. And the other guys did it. I'm not going to do any music or intro for this one. This is a real short story. This is the... Le Muse. Now, this is Canadian. I don't know if this is French, though. But it's uh, Le Muse de Sainte, or Le Muse de Saint Boniface. Okay. It's a museum. It's a museum specialized in Franco culture and history. It was uh, finished in 1851 and has been a, and it was a nunnery at first. Then a uh, orphanage, then a school, then a retirement home, and a hospital. So that damn building's uh, been like five different things. Uh, sounds of singing monks and women's uh, chorus lines, along with the sounds of children running and playing, have been reported here. Also, lights flickering. Water turns on and off. Doors open and close. And folks often notice an eerie feeling 
that they are being observed by something they cannot see. Oogly boogly. That's so, uh, that's so daddish. All right, guys, we're going to take one little break. That's the last one for the episode, and I got one more story for y'all. All right, our last story is the Bonanza Inn in Virginia City, Montana. Y'all need to go take a picture of this little shack. I'm surprised it was a fucking hotel. It's a little video thing. All right. It should come as no surprise that Virginia City is has its fair share of haunting tales. The Gold Rush Town was the uh, epicenter of the uh, brutal justice that saw 20 men hung for robbery in 1863 to 1864. And with thousands of rough and uh, tumble miners seeking their fortunes, in these streams around Virginia City, you can bet there bet that more than a few met uh, unexpected uh, violent deaths. You know what I mean? Just sort of the, just sort of, just the sort of thing that makes a makes good good ghost story. All right, this uh, okay. Former hospital, now the Bonanza Inn. God dang, I swear, y'all got to go look at this picture of this place. I don't see how it was a hospital. Now the Bonanza Inn is the site of several hair-raising tales of things that go bump in the night. There is, however, one ghost figure who does not quite fit the mold, which Montana's historian and ghost uh, storyteller Elaine Bumbler recounts on uh, her book. And in her book, Spirit Tellings, Ghost Tales from Virginia City, came out in 2002. According to her, several generations of people unknown to each other tell of the uh, spiritual black robe who drifts through the streets of the town, occasionally occasionally keeping a visual over the beds of the sick. It should come as little surprise that such figure could haunt the area around the Bonanza Inn. In its earlier life, the Bonanza was the hospital for the Sisters of Charity who served in the Virginia City uh, in 1870. One nun, Sister Iron, was particularly beloved by the uh, township. Of the few nuns, she seems to be the uh, she seems to have been the one who most Figuratively traveled the streets, making house calls on the sick and needy, and lending the uh, generous handout, you know, for the miners in the minor town. That's pretty cool. Cool, cool though. So, like, maybe it's her spirit in that robe, just going up and down, doing her checking on people. If there is a spiritual nun wandering these streets of present day VC. The author suggests it's likely Sister Irena went on to serve the uh, sisters in charity in Denver and Kansas before returning to Montana to serve as the superior at St. Vincent Hospital in uh, Billings, in St. James and Booty. 
She died in 1944 at the age of 87, a beloved uh, figure of Montana's earlier statehood. On her uh, blog, the author details her own encounter at the uh, Bonanza Inn. Here we go. I stayed in room 7 in the summer of 2000. It was the summer, summer, summer of 2000. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to break out in song. I stayed in the, I stayed in room 7 in the summer of 2007. Coming out of the steamy bathroom after a shower, a strong, unpleasant odor hit me, like that of a gather, like that of a uh, something dying. Where I was uh, work. Okay. Anyways, what is unpleasant? It hit me. Uh, it was an unpleasant odor that hit me when I got out of the shower. I worked as a stripper and I do what? Anyways, she, uh, anyways, when she came out of the, uh, of her bathroom, it was steamy and she got a bad whiff of something. Oh, okay. Um, saying, never mind. The, uh, smell lingered that dissipated another, uh, Guest in room seven awoke to the sound of water splashing inside, in as in a bowl. Later, she discovered that the sisters used basins for washing for washing wounds and bathing patients. Oh, washing wounds! One hot and still August August afternoon, I laid down to rest in room two. Thinking about my uh, lush, uh, luscious uh, evening, I had the Bonanza Inn all in the all to myself. At first, they were so soft that I didn't even notice. Then I could hear these small female footsteps in the sturdy shoes at the far end of the hallway. She came closer, pausing midway down the hall. I clearly heard a key turn into a lock. The door clicked open and softly closed. I heard a few bumps and clunks, and then more steps behind the closed door. Slowly they grew faint, then faded away. I felt honored that the sister came to visit me. That's pretty cool, man. That scared the fuck out of me, but hey, man, it's pretty cool. I'd have been like, why are you messing with me, sister? None ghost. Why, man? Why? Oh. All right, guys. That's it for today. And I'm pumped. I'm ready for the upcoming episodes. I'm going to hit it hard this weekend. Because I got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm going to be busy. So I'm going to try to cram a bunch of research in. Cram like three or four episodes of, uh, you know ghost stories baby for my fans and have them ready to go but don't forget now guys go check us out on spotify pandora kick us out on itunes amazon google play i believe or believe i believe we're everywhere and i do have the uh youtube page hooked up so uh, go check that out and i want to say thank you so much guys our numbers are getting bigger and bigger, little by little, guys. And I want to thank you. 
in every country that listens out there. I know we got some fans, of course, here in America. Starting to get a real good fan base in Canada, Spain, Australia. Here, let me grab my phone real quick. I want to brag on you guys. Because y'all are awesome. I got the best fans in the world. Let me give me some shout-outs real quick. That's what I'll do. Shout-out time to my little orphan annies. All right. Okay, guys, here we go. What was I coming to look? Oh, yeah. No, I don't want that. I don't want... Yeah, there we go. All right, guys, drum roll, please. Come on. Oh, right. Oh, and I want to give a big shout-out to people in South Africa. We have gotten uh, one, two... Three more states in that in that area right there. Thank you very much. I want to send a shout out to Canada, of course, here in America. Spain, your numbers are growing. The United Kingdom, your numbers are growing. Australia, New Zealand. Uh, looks like we're doing pretty uh, decent in uh, Poland, Germany, too. So you guys keep up the damn good work. And uh, keep downloading and liking the show, guys. Because I like doing it. I hope these stories are good and scary for you. But if y'all got any stories you'd like me to cover, hit me up on my Facebook page, Ghost Stories Told from the South. We got an Instagram page. So check us all out, guys. I think it'll be a fun time intermingling. Tell me some ghost stories, and I'll talk about them on the show. But sorry this one was a little short. But hey, guys, I think I did pretty good this week. I did a lot better than last week. But I got some great stories coming up. Had a uh, fan from my other show tell me about some Canada stuff. So that's some of the Canada stuff I'm going to be researching for the show. So next week coming up, though, we're still going to be doing it for a while. Like I said, is uh, Washington, Montana and Canada kind of doing two episodes. I mean, two two stories uh, from each, uh, each place. So I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be awesome, man. And then before you know it, it's going to be... Halloween, Halloween. Sorry, guys, if I'm singing too loud. But I'm glad you stopped by. And I'm glad you listened to another skilly skilly story. Another, another episode of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm your host, Stephen LaBooth, signing off. And I will see you later, guys. Thank you. Thank you.